Let the dragon consume Welcome to episode 60 of The Bird Watchers. I'm your host, Ryan. In this episode, we're talking about the 2019 Overwatch League Grand Finals. So I'm glad to be back. Um, it's been a bit. I missed y'all. <laughs> uh, so let's just hop into it, right? We're, we reached the end. We're at, we finally crowned a champion. Um, but first, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. So Overwatch Contenders Gauntlet Watch Party still going to happen. We have that planning in the works uh, since the season's over for Overwatch League. We're moving to Contenders, so we're going to cheer on the Atlanta Academy uh, in classic fashion. The hype doesn't stop, stop just because the Overwatch League season did, uh, but we don't have a date. <laughs> they let us know that it's going to be in a week, uh, but we don't know exactly when our team is playing. So once we figure that out, we'll get stuff posted. So keep an eye on the Atlanta Royal Family Twitter uh, meetup, etc. Bird Watchers accounts, you know, make sure you're following those um, on Reddit. We'll, we'll announce it. Um, but outside of that, the other big piece of news was we had a PTR patch come out in the little hiatus we had while I was in Philly. So let's run through the PTR real quick and see what they put out. So this came out on the 24th of September and, you know, they kind of touched everything. A lot of people, you know, there were discussions on the competitive Overwatch Reddit that they wanted people, they wanted Blizzard to revert some of the changes they made as they tried to combat goats before they just decided to do Rolock. Um, so what happened here is you can see a lot of, you know, characters being pushed back to where they were before the whole goat shenanigans happened, um, the goading or whatever you want to call it. So we start with D.Va. Uh, D.Va's defensive matrix, they increased the regeneration rate from twenty or 12.5% to 16% per second. Um, they delayed the regeneration when the regeneration when when the regeneration begins and it's lowered from one second to 0.75 sorry i'm a little tongue twisted i gotta get used to talking on the mic again <laughs> it's been a while um orissa protective barrier cooldown increase from nine to ten seconds um, a lot of people talk about you know the ability for her to loop that shield uh being a little bit too powerful at some times um, Roadhog trying to bring him back into to the thick of things by giving him another shot. Uh, scrap gun ammunition is increased from five to six. Uh, Sigma, obviously one of the tanks that's been talked about um, contentiously about being too powerful, doing too much damage. You can see this in the stats after certain games. Um, but Kinetic Grasp no longer blocks Chain Hook or Whip Shot. Don't think that's huge um, just for more crowd control purposes. Gravitic Flux, uh, high gravi gravity effect duration reduced from 1.2 to 0.9 seconds a little bit change there that should help experimental barrier so this is to stop the strategy of the um spamming of the barrier constantly uh, and try to incentivize different types of play uh, regeneration rate is re reduced from 175 to 150 but it now has a one second cooldown after every time you recall it uh, initially or the initial cast time has also been removed. So now it's an instant cast, um, but you do have a one second delay uh, in between each one. Now the Winston one was the one that came out of nowhere, um, which is might be a big deal. They're trying to push him into 
metas that, you know, aren't necessarily just dive focused or, you know, Winston does kind of drive or he does drive a uh, dive comp because he's the leading the leading character um, in those in those calls. Barrier protect uh, protector duration increased from six to nine seconds. So that's a third more. Right. And then health increase from 600 to 700. So that's that's pretty big, in my opinion. We'll see how it plays out. Um, this is still fairly new, right, of a patch, and it's only on PTR, so this could change. You know, it's always, uh, they always do. But Baptiste, Immortal field, um, Immortality Field, uh, health increase from 250, or decrease from 250 to 200. I've seen some complaints about that on Reddit, but I never thought it was that big of a deal. It seemed like it was easy to deal with, but it, that that helps, right? Lucio, so this is a push, pretty much a revert um, back to the old style Lucio um, before the goats trying the goats trying to fix it right because they thought Lucio was like, Lucio was a big part of it, um, but crossfade uh, speed boost effect increased from twenty percent to twenty five percent. Amp it up speed boost amplification increased from fifty percent to sixty percent, and wall ride speed reduced from forty percent to thirty percent. So there's some good tra- changes there for Lucio players. Mercy, mercy um, a lot of memes and jokes about any small mercy buff and the mercy mains are back at it. Uh, this gives an extra extra beams created by Valkyrie now ignore enemy barriers. Uh, that's kind of cool, right? Because barriers have been a big, big concern lately with the meta shift. So this should help. Uh, Biotic Grasp uh, for Moira, self-healing reduced from 30 to 20 per second. Hopefully that helps um, with, because Moira's kind of been prevalent as far as a healer alongside Lucio. Uh, Doomfist, Rocket Punch, time to reach max charge increase from 1 to 1.4 seconds. So that's almost, you know, 50% increase. Uh, we'll see what that does. His defense as well, the shield health gained per hit reduced from 35 to 30. Not a big hit there. Sombra, um, Translocator, the cooldown increased from 4 to 6. And this is long, right? Because they pretty much tried to touch every character, which is good to see since we had this lull of um, any anything happening happening on PTR, um, which is probably in in service of the grand finals to kind of leave focus there. But yeah, so Sombra, we have the cooldown increase from four to six seconds on the translocator. Cooldown now begins immediately upon deploying the beacon and if it is killed or, or if it's killed by an enemy. Symmetra, photon barrier, duration reduced from 15 to 12 seconds and health reduced from 5,000 to 4,000. We haven't been seeing much Symmetra lately with the shift to kind of this bastion. Um, and then you're seeing the May Reaper again, um, but we are seeing it sometimes on control maps. Sentry uh, turrets, damage per second reduced from 50 to 40. That helps. Uh, big, big component of, you know, if you're going to have, or big component of, if you're gonna have turrets, don't have them do too much damage, have them be more of a zoning type thing because it kind of makes players feel like there's no skill involved. So when they die to one, it's kind of shitty. Um, and then we have Photon Projector, players impacted by the primary fire of the beam should now hear a loud impact sound. Um, so that helps. Uh, we all know about the small Reaper change where they stopped his voice line and how big of a difference that made. So no, sound is good. Noise is good. <laughs> it gives, gives you a head up. Tracer, um, to wrap things up here, Pulse Pistol, damage fall off now starts at 13 meters instead of 10 meters. And there's a few other little small tweaks here that they always do. So, you know, a, a good amount of changes there to get people hyped for post-grand finals, um, trying to get people to, you know, play again, trying to make tweaks in the right direction. Uh, there's already discussions about how fast or the discussions have come up again about how fast 
blizzard patches and how like it's kind of slow compared to how popular the game is and you know blizzard functions off a smaller team so this, those discussions are constantly going on and they're not going to stop anytime soon so next i want to talk about the trip to philly so naturally you know we missed an episode unfortunately but we made grand finals episode 60 so that's a you know that's a silver lining um so i'm proud of that even nice even number um but i was at philly i got to go to the game got to go to grand finals at the wells fargo center and even before that we went a day early we got to see uh, martin garrix live outside of wells fargo and that was amazing um zed was at you know zed performance you probably saw that was great he crushed it blizzard got it right they got someone who plays the game who's also a successful artist, who's liked by the community, and who's actually good at the game. They got the whole package, right? The complete opposite of the DJ Khaled situation. Um, but that was exciting, right? Um, the venue was insane. I mean, even having a homestand here, I didn't get to go to grand finals last year, but to have a homestand here and think that was crazy and to see this, um, so many fans, it was crowded, people moving. Um, the lines outside were insane. I got to meet a bunch of other Rain fans that don't live in Atlanta which was cool, got to hand out you know, some wristbands, make sure they got some love, they're not part of the family. Um, just got to talk to a lot of people, got recognized by a couple of people, which was cool. Uh, from like when we when I talked at uh, Dragon Con, that was cool, and some other things like that, so shout out to you all. Um, it was good meeting you guys. Glad y'all went out there to, you know, to celebrate. Uh, so now when you talk about the match everybody's been talking about, <laughs> right there's nothing else to talk about some spoilers it's one match a day but we're gonna go deep we're gonna we're gonna dig around and we're gonna talk about some of the cool stuff because and i have something to say about matches and how they're represented because i think it's got a lot of slack from people who didn't see it and it said oh wait how did it end um versus the experience of actually watching it and then on top of that the experience of going to the event but until then, let's go ahead and jump into it. So Shock versus Titans. Uh, I think no one's going to argue that, you know, neither of these teams need to be here. Both these teams earned the right to be here and they they fight for it. They fight for it. Uh, so we start with Li Zhang Tower. And I got some water because this, this is going to be one. Um, one lengthy one <laughs> because these matches kind of go with these maps. We start with Li Zhang Tower. So if you hear me drinking, you know, I apologize. If you hear any noise in the background, once again, peak hours in Atlanta. But we start with Li Zhang Tower on Command Center. And Titans start with Twilight on Brig, which is an interesting choice. And this is to try to deal with Sinatra's Doomfist. But the plan doesn't really work. And Shot get this initial cap. Then Sinatra starts Havoc during the first half of the round. And Choi Hobin kind of takes over the Havoc in the second half. And Shock dominate this round to start the match. So good start for them. Shock usually come out the gate. Swinging and firing on all cylinders. Swinging because of Doomfist, firing on all cylinders because of Reaper. Okay. Uh, Night Market. So Titans look better here. And that's kind of due to Hoxall's Doomfist, uh, which we're, we know he's good on a lot of characters. So he goes on a rampage here, but at some point, and, and at some point, this results in a Hulk Meteor Strike combo that you'll see in every highlight from Overwatch uh, from this point forward. Although Titans do get a solid lead here, the round begins to shift in the Shock's favor, and this leads to a final fight for for the win, and Shock ends up taking that, taking the round, and start these finals off 1-0. So then we go into Eichenwald next, and we start with a substitution. So we have Rasko and Architect subbing in for Sinatra and Striker, and this isn't something that's new. This is something we've seen before, uh, where they like to have Rasko and Architect on cart-based maps with Sinatra and Stryker showing up on control-based maps, right? Things that involve capturing points. 
So Shock on attack first. Uh, Shock start with Bastion May combo. They cap point one fairly quickly, then they set up on Cart and they use this Baptiste amplification, amplification matrix, it's a mouthful, and ano, ano, nano rotation on the Bastion to just do damage throughout the remainder of the match. So this leads to them cruising through point two. They are then able to dominate on point three because Architect pulls off this Bastion tank mode jump onto the chandelier you're familiar with um, right in front of the cap point and just rains death from above. There's nothing they can really do with it with the current comps without completely swapping their comp to something that just is not functional in this meta. So, you know, they finish it off. Shock, it's a full cap. And then, you know, this is another move that will be talked about. Like a lot of stuff in this game are going to be highlights in all the future Overwatch League, like promo stuff, because a lot of cool stuff happened. But Shock ended up full capping with two minutes and 49 seconds here. That's a lot of time. So this takes us to Titans next on attack, and Titans are up next, and Soman Sue starts a rampage on Reaper. And remember, statistically, they keep mentioning it, and they like to talk about these these cool little little things that occur. So we have every time Soman Sue gets the first kill, Titans win that fight, right? And that kind of shows here they win the team fight, and they cap point one, and then on point two they get a quick cap as well. But I want to bring attention to something um, that Janu does on Sigma, and it's because they actually follow him through the whole time he does this. So he goes through the castle, right? And he starts this initiation damn near perfectly because the shock have kind of given up the road to 2.2. So they're setting up on point two to bunker down to prepare for that bridge fight. But what what Janu does is as Sigma goes in aggressively, he pushes his shield, his Sigma shield into them. He quickly alts like, ultimate and immediately triggers it, right? He absorbs a good amount of damage after that from the Bastion fire, and then he starts primary firing while Bastion has to reload because of that time he burned. And at this point is when his team perfectly follows up and they blow up the shock um, barricade there and keep that momentum. This is a huge play in my opinion. Go back and watch it because if you're playing Sigma and you're serious about playing Sigma, this is a good way to kind of use him you know aggressively because he doesn't really do well with gaps and fights so if all your fights at the beginning and his initiative is to get bastion in a reload mode or a, um, a vulnerable mode this is the perfect way to do it and it pays off for him here so you know they get that point then they're able to follow up and blow up shock and then titans kind of continue that momentum they gain from that play to finish off with only two seconds less than the shock, so this takes us to round two. So Titans go first, and despite Rascal losing a battle against Twilight, he get he gets rezzed, and then he goes on a far rampage to help hold the Titans to about a tick and a half. Shock go next, and the Titans have a string of great defense fight defensive fights. It's pretty solid and it's pretty action packed. But they drop the final engagement due to some poor initiation that the shock ended up flipping in their favor to cap and take the map and go up 2-0 and takes in a half time where Zed, uh, where where we got to. To, to hope that the Titans could get back on, on track, right? So Temple of Anubis. Honestly, I don't think this map should be allowed <laughs> in any playoff situation. But here we are, and it turns out to be an actual good map. So we have Sinatra and Striker coming back in, because remember, it's a capture-style map, so they substitute Rascal and Architect. And we start with, a, with Titans on attack. And Titans look a bit cleaner as they start this map with a quick point one, but Shock stabilize and Titans cap point two with a greatly reduced time bank than they started with um, at 134. 
takes us to shock on attack. The shock do the opposite of the Titans and they struggle on point one, but then roll through point two with about 212 remaining. And the impressive thing here is because the shock struggle on point one, so they don't have ultimates really for point two, but they're able to win this raw fight um, with no ultimates against a Titans team that does have them uh, by just getting solid picks. It looks like their calls are right. They're focusing properly. It's great to watch. This takes us to round two. Titans go first. They cap point one on the back of a huge Somensu ultimate, but then they're stopped right in their tracks on point their point two attempt because they don't have much time. Shot go next, and Striker lays down some Reaper damage to quick quickly cap point one. Then Shock win the alt battle on point two to take this map and go to match point in the grand finals. So we're at three zero, but I want to mention this is this has like been a back and forth battle. This isn't a quick three zero, um, and we'll go into that after this. So we go to Gibraltar, which is naturally our map of the match, right? Um, maybe some spoilers there. But we start with Rascal and Architect subbing in for Sinatra and Striker because now we're on a cart-based map. That's something they'll probably keep into next season. Uh, Shocker on attack here. Shocker immediately encountered an aggressive defense from the Titans, and it works for half the time bank. But once the Shock gets set up on the cart with Bastion, their momentum never really stops. The Shock full cap here. And I think at this point... They're winning anytime they do. They use Bastion. They're winning about 60 percent of their fights in the playoffs. So this is just through the whole losers bracket, everything. So they're doing really well. And, you know, Sefi, Brad, our coach on Atlanta, said that you don't sleep on the Bastion comps because they're not easy to do. That's why you don't see every team doing it. We use them a good bit. So I take his word for it. And Shock used it a good bit against us. We saw NYXL pick that up and start using it a good bit against other teams and us. That's kind of why they beat us. But it's like, you know, don't just because Bastion is in the meta does not mean it's there's no effort. There's no like, oh, it's ruined. We need to just start shifting every character, right? That's not how this works. Um, there's more to this game than just that. So then Titans go next after Shock full cap. Titans start off in trouble trying to deal with the Rascal known as Rascal. <laughs> but to do eventually cap point one and they cruise through point two so they make up for it. Unfortunately, the Shock are able to stabilize on point three and Architect once again gets in position in a position that the Titans have trouble reaching with any viable comp and Baptiste is up there keeping him up. So there's no real real way to like teleport up there and deal with him. So the shock hole, they become your 2019 Overwatch League champions. And I can't say that any team deserves it more. Um, what a performance. So verdict, Sinatra's worth every penny. <laughs> I think, you know, you, I after doing so many episodes, right? It's episode 60. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth and I think there are times when I've said, you know, oh, we're paying Sinatra 200K for what? When Tracer fell out of the meta, whatever whatever this this team man is absolutely nutty it's it's like i i take some pride in it because brad was there when they built that team right he had his hands in the you know in the brownie mix making this thing that's amazing it's kind of showing teams what the blueprint should be moving forward so let me start by saying congrats Sinatra. you're worth it <laughs> congrats <laughs> san francisco shock um i'm looking forward to our battles next year as usual but you guys deserved it. You guys were just, you imposed your will on any team you played. Like if you didn't want them to win, they weren't winning. I mean, there were certain, you know, teams that may slip through the cracks, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> it's one of those cases where like you're a dangerous team and I think you're doing it right. And part of doing it right is like utilizing your whole roster. That's something we talked about because we had a lot of teams in the first season that would acquire all these great talented players and just kind of use them for 
bargaining chips for trades and not really saying, hey, we have all these tools. How do we use them best? You see how they swap between Sinatra, Stryker, and Rascal and Architect, and they have the places where they can focus. Think about how that impacts practice, right? Like you can have them focus on control-based maps and then say, okay, Rascal Architect, focus on cart mechanics and, you know, being able to play this like far a bastion comp that most teams can't pull off and in the situation while moving cart and is objective-based gameplay. Remember that. Um, so I like that. I like they use their whole roster. I like that everyone has a place. I like that you still understand that everyone is dangerous. You never feel comfortable against who you're playing with. And that's, that's what's going to make a strong team. I hope teams follow that or fit into that. Uh, mode soon and then they always have the killer nevix waiting to play any character you need him to play he's probably amazing in practices right like imagine having a scrim utility like that of a guy who can pretty much pick up anything and give you a good a good battle for it there, there are screenshots of his now that we have Rolock, there's screenshots of him pretty much overall just wrecking in as far as being able to do any little thing or being able to support being able to tank be able to dps etc so yeah Props to Shock. So that's done. We have our champions. What's next? Okay. Um, what's next is I kind of want to talk about, you know, one thing I had an idea about. Because I started looking at this, you know, blueprint for teams. And I think we do well with using our whole roster. We have a smaller roster. But I kind of think about things like how they use the roster, right? So, for example, I've always talked about, and you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. Please let me know, comment, whatever, but or on Reddit. I think that, you know, for Baby Bay, love Baby Bay. He's doing great. I'm happy we picked him up. But I do think he's not really a momentum style player. Like, Baby Bay comes in hype, right? He comes in hot. He comes in ready to go. And he pops off first map. And he's usually good in your second map. But map three is where he kind of peters off, regardless of how the game is going. We could be rolling. We could be on fire. It seems like that's his space. So, like, what I would do is say, okay, let's pull Baby, no matter what the case is. I don't care how much he's popping off. After two maps, pull him out for at least a map. Don't let him play more maps than two in a row, right? Regardless of what the overall, you know, how many maps you need to win, whatever the format is. Because like if he gets that break, you bring in Enlir or whatever, Enlir pops off because he likes the click heads. You take him out, you put Baby back, back in, you get that hype again because he's coming from coming from the dugout. You know, he's he's hype again. He has that internal. And I think that that's the kind of play on things I want to see us do a little bit. And I'll see other teams kind of do find that same balance. Use your resources. Don't treat every player like they're just a paycheck, right? Like there, there were a lot of times when you'd hear, and I don't know this for sure, but you had rumors about people just trying to say, oh, well, we want double what this players actually were just so they can keep the price high, even though the player's not playing or getting any experience. That's, I don't like that. I want to see everybody play. I want to see everybody play a role because I think that our league is stacked. It's stacked with players, and we see cool shit happen every day in every game. So the final thing I want to talk about, right? I mean, this is this is it, right? This is the season over, so I got a lot of, I got a lot to get off my chest. So the thing I want to talk about is the overall view on 4-0s versus like 4-3s and 3-2s. The number one thing I heard, right, while we were in Philly and when we came back and on Reddit was, oh, it's a 4-0, this grand finals is a wash. Oh, they got swept, it's over. Like, what a waste. Oh, what a way to end a season, a 4-0. That's not the way to look at it, right? The the way points, because, you know, you get four maps, the way points are represented in Overwatch is very deceptive, right? Like, like this is episode 60. I've covered a lot of matches, and there are some 3-2s that were nowhere excite, as exciting as these, this 4-0 was. Yeah, you had this atmosphere. Yeah, you had these other things outside of just the game. But 
most of these maps went to round two. Like most of these maps had fights and iconic moments that are gonna be used in highlights. Most of these fights showed skill levels that yeah, you had a bastion, but the coordination and the organization to pull certain things off, the, you know, like the play by Johnu Sigma for that initiation, like things like that, that's what makes this game good. The, Vancouver is a good team. Shock was just the better team. That's all it was. So it just because it was a four zero does not mean it was a good wasn't a good game. And if you think otherwise, please let me know because I like to hear your view on it. Um, but yeah, that's where I stand. I think don't look at four zeros and be like, oh, that's it. It was a wash. Go watch them. I've seen some three twos before where it was just like one team rolls, the other team rolls, the other team rolls. That's nothing fun about that either. Um, especially when the you know control maps, both the control maps are just complete washes one side. Like they they're sometimes shorter than certain four zeros. So like. Get the opinion. People are out there watching the matches. Ask people, hey, was that 4-0 worth the watch? And then go watch it. Don't just see the number and get, decept- get, get deceived like that, right? All right, that's all I have to say. So what's next? What's coming up? Like I said, Overwatch Gauntlet. That's coming up soon. We're going to have the watch party. We're going to talk about it. I don't know if you've seen the bracket. The guy who did the bracket, I can't remember his name. You know, bless my, I, I have to find that um, and share that. But look for that Gauntlet bracket because it's, it's serious. There's going to be a serious battle there, um, and I think all those games are going to be really good. So don't let the don't let the grand finals, you know, playoff hype die down because it's going straight into that. And then after Gauntlet, naturally, we're going to talk about World as we get closer to BlizzCon, and then we'll talk about what we'll do next after that. Right? There's going to be plenty to talk about. Overwatch isn't going anywhere. Trades are happening. People are dropping from teams. Contracts are refreshing. Remember, we had that. So. Season one, you had a lot of one plus one where you had one con like one year and then the possibility of extension. So those contracts are wrapping up. So you have these fresh contracts. Um, there's more money coming into the league. You have all these big sponsors now. Uh, so you have a chance of bigger paychecks. So, you know, people are kind of negotiating, blah, blah, blah. So keep an eye out for that. And you can reach me at the Birdwatchers Podcast at gmail.com if you have any inquiries. Uh, Twitter is where you can just hit me up at Podcast TBW. Uh, follow if you haven't followed to keep up on, you know, retweets, episodes. I post them there as well. Reddit, always active on Reddit. Um, pretty much always on the, on the competitive Overwatch forums, getting in an argue with somebody. The Birdwatchers Podcast there. And then on YouTube, I always mention that, hey, if you listen to podcasts and other things, which you have. YouTube Premium, feel free to use that. Or YouTube Music, it might work there too. Not sure. I don't have YouTube Music, but the Bird Watchers on YouTube. Uh, and and as always, you know, if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been like a loyal listener, or even if you're a new listener, go ahead and like or follow wherever you listen at. Leave a review wherever you listen at, and let me know. I like the feedback. Um, I'm always trying new things, like the you know two match format, one match format. Can't do three matches anymore. Time's not there. But you know more details, less details. Do you care more about the standings and me talking about those little little bits there, or do you want to hear about the match in depth, like this kind of style? Um, how much news do you want me to give you? Stuff like that. Like work with me, right? Um, it's just me and you, just hanging out. So as always, I appreciate it. Like I said, we'll start to have these episodes regularly again. Um, Not too much is going to change, so you'll hear from me soon. But until then, I will talk to you all next time. I have destroyed more of your kind than I can count. around like trash.
about to get us killed out there.